I'm wearing my chosen shirt today called Getting Used to, Get Used to Different. And uh, the core team from the beginning of the start of this church uh, knew out of uh, Deuteronomy 11, God said, this isn't going to be the same as what it was before. It's not going to be the same land that you came from. Canaan's going to be different than Egypt. This church experience is going to be different than what you were brought up in. And I believe that. And so um, we're going to go... Uh, to, uh, uh, to the, uh, the book of Romans again, Romans 7. If you do not have a Bible with you today, uh, Joe is passing out Bibles. Uh, you're welcome to raise your hand, and we will get a Bible to you. Uh, we're a, a church that believes in uh, reading God's Word and seeing the Scripture itself. So we've got one up front here, Joe. We haven't been in the book of Romans for quite a while now, and so uh, God led us through Christmas, and in the beginning of this year, just really felt that God was wanting to speak to us about some other things. And so uh, today we're coming back to Romans, and I think it's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, the title of the sermon today is The, the New Way of the Spirit, but um, I think Paul could have written it with the same title as what I'm wearing, Get Used to Different. If you think about it, he was speaking to the Jewish people uh, primarily, uh, well, the Romans, uh, the, the Gentiles, but also knew that his Jewish brothers and sisters were listening, and so a lot of Romans is answering questions that he as a Pharisee would have known they would have been asking, and uh, this passage is no different than that, but Romans 7, um, it, we've been going on a journey uh, through the book of Romans. Um, if, you, if you remember, uh, the book opens up with really an entrance to, um, to grace and, uh, and, and the, the, uh, the huge transformational impact of grace. And then it went on and, and Paul talked about the effect of sin in our lives. And then after talking about sin and talking about the fact that um, there was no one righteous, no, not even one, he then turns to salvation by faith alone. In Jesus Christ. And the peace that Jesus brought to us because he became the peace between us and his Father. In chapter 6, he builds a mental picture for us of what it is to be in Christ, dead to sin and alive to God through the spiritual baptism of our hearts. He then encourages us to count ourselves, to consider ourselves. Uh, dead to sin and alive to God. And, through trans and, and though transitioning, that we know uh, that we are um, to be alive and to live it out in obedience by no longer um, allowing, offering ourselves uh, to sin, but offering ourselves to God. And so um, as the Jewish listeners are listening those Jewish listeners who have put their faith in law, in structure, in, in, in feeling good by having everything in order on the outside, um, he's going to try to drive them deeper and to say there's something deeper than what you have put as a construct on the outside of your life. There's something more than just observing the laws. There's a change of heart, a new way of the Spirit. And so let's, uh, let's start that journey in this transitional moment. Get used to different. 
because I'm believing God may even today use his passage to change our hearts so that we know him more and grow with him more. Let's, uh, let's start in verse 7. We're going to read the first six verses. It says, Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound to law by her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she's not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that you may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in a new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Now, as I start this, I, I think something very, very important to say. Um, and that is, Paul is not saying that, um, that the law no longer exists. He's not undermining much of the Old Testament and the, and the references to the importance of the law, the commands, the statutes, ordinances, and testimonies that is referred to. I want to challenge you to do a study off of this, of the law, and to see how many times it's referenced in the Old Testament and what he says about that. Just a few examples. In Exodus, of course, we have the law, the book of the law written on Mount Sinai. In Deuteronomy, um, when they had rebelled against God and he br he's bringing them back to their second chance, some of us need that today, he, is, he brings them back to the law and says, obey God, obey the law and its importance. Um, Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says these words. He says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And also in Isaiah 42, 41, the Lord was pleased for his righteousness sake to magnify his law and to make it glorious. And so in no way, shape, or form is Paul undermining the law. He is just saying we have a new relationship to it. We have a new relationship to it. And that in Christ, now some of you need to hear this today, but in Christ, and you got to hear this because I, I just, this is so important. Christ himself did not undermine the law, did he? In fact, in uh, Matthew 5, uh, 17 through 21, let's hear what Christ himself said. It says, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. 
For I tell you, and this, this is an important transition. This is, this is really where Paul's coming from. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What was he saying there? So important for you to understand Romans 7. Now, wait a minute. The Pharisees were so about God's law that they decided they were going to put over 600 more laws in place to make sure that they would follow the law. They were all about the law. And he's saying, your righteousness has to be greater than that of the Pharisees. It's what it's all about. In, 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 in 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says that, that Jesus Christ has become our holiness, our wisdom, our righteousness from heaven. He's introducing us to the fact that religion has to transition from head knowledge to heart commitment that it's about a relationship with God. And that in that relationship, as a heart surrenders to God, his righteousness, by a whole new way of the Holy Spirit, enters in to a human being to change them into a new creation. So many people look at religion as though, well, it's just if I do this right and I do this right and if I just get this exactly right. In fact, leaders can be so concerned about making sure that everything is done exactly right that they can lose the fact that this is about a relationship. Our time here is about a relationship. Amen? Amen. Now getting to know God, like Ryan said to us, is so important. I want to know him. I want to know his resurrection. I want to know his sufferings and share in them. And so this is what Paul is saying. This is, um, um, so, so, so what's happening is there's a new legal ob obligation that's happening here. Not to the letter of the law, but to the law of Christ. And guess what? The law of Christ is written in blood. His own blood shed for you and me. And in that relationship, in that relationship, everything changes. It does. Just like when, when somebody gets married. Some of you in this room here um, uh, are, are thinking about getting married. Isn't that right? I'm trying to find the two of you. Isn't that right? <laughs> Some of you are thinking about getting married. Well, you know what's going to happen when you get married? I, how many years have you been married, Grandpa and Grandma? 56 years. 57. Oh, <laughs> so, so there was really one bad one in there. <laughs> he was... <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, would you say that when you got married, your life kind of changed a little bit? Wow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It does. It does. It does. It changes. And the same thing with Jesus. So, so Paul has been building up and building up and building up to this. 
and, and, and saying, guys, okay, you know, it's by grace alone. It's, you know what, I, I get the fact that you're a sinner, okay? We're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. And it is, it is, it is through Jesus Christ. But, but this is where it all changes, right here. This is where it all changes. And so he gives us this picture of the new way of the Spirit, of the new way. He's saying, because you are baptized unto his death, the, the controlling, restricting nature of the law no longer has control of your life. It's not that you're sitting looking at things uh, and saying, you know, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? I, just, I hear people just absolutely struggling with that. I just can't seem like I'm doing anything right. Just, you know, and Paul will talk about that later and we'll get to it. But it just, and, and so many times that's used to, um, to look at your life as though it's a failure. And I have heard person after person say, well, you know, Christianity, it didn't work for me. Christianity didn't work for me. You know, I tried. I tried. I tried. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. There's a new way of the Spirit. A new way. And the first point I guys want you to hear is that how your relationship with the, with the law has changed was that it was your husband. It was your guardian. It had control over you. Some of you have rebelled against it because I'm so sick of, of this control. I'm just... I'm just going to run away. I'm going to do my own thing. But it's your guardian. You have a new relationship. And guess what? You have a new husband. You have a new husband. His name is Jesus Christ. And he gives this picture of a woman. Now, I want you to understand something here. I don't want anybody to come away with a false thing and saying, okay, wait a minute. Is death the only uh, thing that the Bible has in regards to, um, uh, you know, uh, a, a woman or a man being able to have a new relationship with somebody else. Um, I want you to do a more fuller study of God's word, um, and uh, in that, that's not that's not His point here. So if you read that and you're convicted of that, that's the Holy Spirit, and I don't want to take your conviction away, but do a deeper study and ask God what he wants you to do in your life. What his point is here is that you have a new husband. No longer are you restricted by the law and just the have-tos and don't-touches and, and, and the things that, that that brings that, but now you have a new husband and he lives within your heart and it's a changed life. And now um, you're brought to the one who gives life, who gives life. Ephesians 3 uh, focuses on this. It says, uh, 23 through 26, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law. Remember the controlling and restricting? Imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Now, the word imprisoned here is so interesting to me. It describes um, uh, what life was like before Christ. 
Imprisoned is an addict who wants to stop his addiction, but has no power to do it. Imprisoned is a moralist who focuses their whole life on making sure they do everything right. And that's why so many times we hear the attitude of, I just can't wait till this is over with. Because it's more important about making sure the project is done right instead of the fact that God has put a project together so that our hearts could connect with each other. And if we get that, it's true. But, but imprisonment, there's another one that, that the Spirit just shared with me, and that is the imprisonment of the attitude of, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's a, that's a prison. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I cannot tell you my, many times as a pastor, and I'm sure my Brazilian brother would say the same, that people have just looked us in the face and said, nobody's going to tell me what to do. That's a, that, that, those are prison words. Freedom is Christ has every opportunity to tell me what to do, and I'll do it and I'll do it now. I struggle with that also, as you do. In verse 5 of this chapter, tells us, it confirms this, says, For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for, say it. Oh, death? Huh. Let me ask you a question. The decisions you're making right now, the things that you're doing right now, the attitude that you're living right now, is it producing life or producing death? I think you can answer it. I think you can answer it if you're honest with yourself. If you're honest with yourself. And so, um, so Paul first, he, he introduced us to the whole idea of salvation in this passage, because without salvation, there's no entrance of the Holy Spirit into the heart of a person. Amen? So he introduces us to that. Let's see how he does that. First of all, in verse 4, it says, Died to the law so that you may belong to another. This is supporting my point. The picture of salvation is a new spiritual relationship. It's with the husband. It's with the husband. Now, I know that some of us in this room have not had great experiences with husbands. I can honestly testify to you that Sue hasn't always had a great experience with a husband. But I am telling you that this husband has never in all of human history let one human down. He doesn't care what your background is. He doesn't care what color you are. He doesn't care if you make a lot of money or a little money. He doesn't care if you're valued by other people. He values you. If you've watched The Chosen, uh, there's a scene of the, um, uh, with the Samaritan woman at the well. And, um, and Jesus is talking to her. And she looks at him and he is, he's trying to convince her that he's the Messiah and that he's come, and that he, he wants to be in her life. And she says, I've been rejected by everyone. He says, I know, but not by the Messiah. Not by the Messiah. And so, dying to the law and belonging to another is the fact 
of being born again and you have a new husband. Uh, Verse 6 says, Having died to that which has held us captive, the process, listen to me, the process of salvation is death. It's not the accumulation of understanding of knowledge. It's not, um, uh, it's not even human born. You didn't all of a sudden become smart enough so you could receive Jesus Christ. It's the fact that he has come to you and desires your submit, submission so that you can die. Die to yourself, die to your own wants and desires, die to your own plan, die to your own purpose, die to what you think is the way to go. And he's saying, I got a whole new way. Daniel, you don't even know what he has in front of you. Just that tomorrow you go to Napa. (laughs) But who knows where that takes you. But he has a new way. Anybody in the room ever felt like hopeless? Like, like you know, I don't think my life is going anywhere. It just, it just seems like it's, it's, yes, exactly. But not with the Spirit. Not with God. There's a new way. But you have to be willing to die. If you're not willing to die, then you're going to keep holding on to that hopelessness. You're going to keep holding on, thinking somehow that, that human control will get it right, and it, 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 it doesn't. It leads to the fruit of death. The fruit of death. And so, the surrender of one's life, having died to that which held us captive. Third, verse 4, it says, through the body of Christ. The process of salvation is total transformation. It's not the fact that you just, you get smarter and and just some things change. But it's that you're a changed person. He doesn't want to improve you. He wants to make you completely different. Um, So get used to different. I'm really praying somebody today is hearing this. I'm really praying that some, that, that some heart is open to God's word. I know you're in a bad place. I know the decision that's in front of you is hard. I know that you don't, you don't get what should we do. I get that. Been there, done that. But will you let the Holy Spirit lead you? Will you let Jesus in so that there's a whole new way? Will you? Some of you, I remember when Tracy came to the pier and she says, I always wanted to be kind of part of a big family. I, and I watched those big families eat dinner together and I always kind of was jealous of that because I didn't have that in my life. And she says, you at the pier have given me the, 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 the opportunity to be part of a big family. Thank you for that. And we were all eating dinner around a big table. You know how she is. She did it in church today. She stood up. She says, before we eat, I got something to say. (laughs) So, through the body of Christ, the process of salvation is total transformation. Somebody in this room doesn't believe that today. It's true. It's true. Fourth, verse four, in order 
that we may bear fruit for God. The purpose of salvation is that we bear fruit of holiness. Uh, we've got some guys that are studying holiness. And we're, we're coming to realize that, um, that, in, that holiness is a gift that we've been given from God at salvation and that we need to acknowledge that and we need to believe that in the power of the Holy Spirit we can walk in that. So we're struggling with that. I'll be honest with you. I'm along with them. I still have areas in my life that God needs to come in and clean the corners. Do you? Amen. Amen. But he is our holiness. He is our righteousness. He is our wisdom from heaven. In him we can do all things. Apart from him we can do nothing. And he desires that we be a people that walk bearing fruit of holiness. That, that Chuck and, 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 and Josiah went out saying, God, we want to bear fruit of holiness. Give us a door to knock at. They knocked at the, at your home. Because God said, there's a produce, a produce of a fruit of holiness waiting to be produced. Go. And I haven't said in a very long time, but Chuck, you can thank you for continuing to lead us. Even though it's been skinny and thin, thin at times, I think this body's going to get it sometime. But, but I'm really believing that God wants to move in this neighborhood and wants to change souls for him so that they can be the fruit of holiness and the growing family of God in this community. I believe that with all my heart. Yeah, and I'm going to discipline him for doing that because you have been just a, <laughs> a boil under my burr, girl. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is true. It is true. No, I just, you know, you're right. You're right. People of God, hear those testimonies. Couldn't, wouldn't it be amazing to be full of a church that has testimonies on a regular basis of how people who, saved by Jesus Christ, having a new relationship with the law, are going out and producing fruit of holiness loving people to Jesus Christ. I know some of you are witnessing to some of your workmates right now. And you're talking about, what am I, from Australia? Workmates? Where'd that come from? But you're, you're telling people about the Lord. He wants to produce fruit of holiness. Know that's true. And know that he's behind you. Because that is the purpose of salvation, to bear that fruit. Fifth, in verse six, that we would serve in the new way of the Spirit. The path of salvation is led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught um, in Mark 22, or excuse me, 2, 21 through 22, that after he had talked about why the disciples were not fasting, because who fasts when the bridegroom is there, and that they will fast when he's gone, the husband says this, listen, no one sets a piece of unstrung cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into an old wineskin. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskin. Paul, like nobody else, 
knew what this was talking about. When the fact that he was under an old wineskin of doctrine and teaching, in fact, he would be able to put each one of us under the table with what he knew from the Torah. And yet, until the Damascus Road, until the new wine was poured out on him, and he became new wineskin, changed and transformed by the King of kings and Lord of lords who created him in the beginning and can recreate him at this moment. He would not, he, right? He was an old wineskin and he was cracking. Why? He was persecuting the church, those who believed in Jesus Christ. And so, so he knew this. He knew about God, but he didn't know God. He was missing the forest of who God was by focusing on the trees. And it's time that we realize that the path of salvation is led by the Holy Spirit. So are you caught up in either making sure all your doctrinal ducks are in a row so much so that you're missing Jesus? Are you so caught up in the control of your own life that you act religious and yet you're missing Jesus? He wants to set you free. He wants to set you free today. I'm hoping I can drive that thought home with you today. I was brought up in a church called Brookside CRC. My parents were the second wave of the church plant. And so the church was founded um, the year I was born. So they consider me a charter member. The church is 63 years old. When I was a teenager, there was a pastor by the name of Reverend Dick Hertel. And he taught us Catechism. Now, I'm not going to blame him for this, but he bored the tears out of me. Probably was that I was a teenager, right, Tim? And, um, and we didn't really care about what was going on, but he bored the tears out of me. And I, I don't know what I learned, although I still do remember some of the Heidelberg Catechism. So even despite me, I remember some of it. But, but then... 20 years later, I'm now a student at Reformed Bible College. And one of my first classes is Intro to Missions. And guess who's teaching it? <laughs> yeah, Reverend Dick Hertel. And I'm sitting in this Intro to Missions class with sweat on my palms, tears in my eyes, because his words were inspiring me, except for one. He said to the class, and I had to disagree with him on this, he said, he said, the Holy Spirit's no longer working in America. He said, so go where God is. So he gave us different mission fields all over the world. He said, go to those. And I said, uh-uh. I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. But after one class, I sat down with uh, Reverend Dick Hertel, and I said, I said, Sir Domini, 
No, I'm kidding. I said, I, I need to tell you something. I said, when I was a kid, you bored me. Now you're setting my heart on fire. I said, what happened? He said, Wayne, he said, I came out of seminary with a lot of good doctrine. And I could, I could lay it out there to people. I could lay it out there to people. He said, but I went to a conference in California. And at the conference, they had the decision of who they would put as roommates. He said, I landed with a former Hell's Angel bike rider. And, and so the, the two of us began a discussion and we got into doctoral things and we got scripture and we were opening up the word of God and stuff together. And all of a sudden, he stopped. And he said, Dick, he says, I see a lot of truth of God's word in you. But where's Jesus? He said, that hit me like Muhammad Ali hit me with a, a right hook. It knocked me to my knees. And he realized I had all the structure, but I didn't have the relationship. And he said, I got on my knees, and I repented of that. And I said, the professor you see in front of me today is lit on by fire by the Spirit of God. People of God, I'm... Didn't plan on stopping there, but I'm going to. Don't look at your clock. <laughs> it's not for that reason. I don't care about the time. If you know me at all, you know I don't care. One of these days, the Holy Spirit's going to come down, and it's going to be 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to still be worshiping Jesus, and Ryan's going to be up there with this hoarse voice going, let's sing another song. <laughs> But people of God, seriously, there is, and, and, and I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna appeal to you, and I, I, I don't like to make generalities, but, but if your experience is a lot like mine, you've walked in a lot of, in and out of a lot of churches where it just felt like it was dead. And churches are dying today. Churches are closing today. And, uh, and one of the things that, that uh, Sue and I have heard uh, from God is that this, this is if my son doesn't show up in service, you're free to leave. And so I stop with this, and I, I appeal to you people who have been uh, Christians for a lot of years. Search your heart. Test. See if. See if truly you see in your life a new way of the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit has come in, how it has, how it has changed and transformed your life, how uh, you really, you see yourself dying to your own wants and desires and caring more about God's, that your focus in your life is more on Him than it is on anything else, and that He is, he is the one leading you through His Spirit. His, in, in John 16, it says that, that the Spirit, you need to trust this, and I was going to go on and talk about some other things, but I just don't feel moved to do that right now. But, but the Spirit is always going to tell you three things. He's going to tell you the truth, because it's the spirit of truth. It, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to testify to you about righteousness, what it means to walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, what that looks like, and listen to me, people of God, um, and of the coming judgment. 
I shared with somebody this week um, in, in, a, in a leadership meeting, I said to them, I'm going to bring you to Hebrews 13, 17, about obeying uh, the authority of your leaders and trust them because they act as one who, they act as those who are going to give account. Our leadership is in this church. We're accountable to God for what we do. People, if the decisions you're making are decisions that are leading you to fruit of death, I just have one word. Turn. Turn. Not tomorrow. Now. Because God never intended your life to be a life led to death, even though death is prevalent. Um, um, Tony told us that his father had a, a great report uh, off of the surgery from his cancer. And we're all very thankful for that. But to be very sensitive, Tony's dad's going to die someday. So physically, we can't get away from the reality that death is going to come. Amen? It's 100%. Unless Jesus Christ comes, it's 100%. But what we can live out is that our souls don't die. Because in Jesus Christ, through the new path of the Holy Spirit, we can live a new life. We have a new husband. He's leading us into life. Now listen to me. We're not playing games here. You can't play with God. You know if you're following him or not. You know it. Stop playing games. Hebrews says in the fourth chapter that nothing is hidden from God's sight. That his word cuts through the very bone and marrow to the very soul of a human being. You right now are being cut. You know you are. And God wants to say, come to me. You're under the structure of the old, the old structure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to lead you. It, it was just meant for a guardianship. It, isn't it interesting that you're still under, even though you're rebellious against God? Now listen to me. Even though you're rebellious against God, you're still under the old structure of the law. And everything that you do is just, just this old structure, just, just, and, and you don't get it right. How many, come on, I said it earlier, but you know, how many lives are just lived in hopelessness because, because you know you can't make the grade. You know you can't do it. And so hopelessness, and some of us take marijuana and we medicate ourselves so that we don't have to look into the face of hopelessness. Some of us use alcohol, like, like Daniel did, because we don't dare look in the face of alcohol. Or look in the face of life because we're hopeless. Some of us are isolating because we don't dare to, we can't look in the face of what is going on in our lives and we're just under that structure. And it's bearing fruit of death within us. And God is saying, I've come to give life and life abundant. I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring hope. I'm... I've come to bring joy and love, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and yes, self-control. <laughs> Told somebody this week that there's a reason why that's at the end. Because it's the hardest thing to do. <laughs> and you try to take an ADHD guy and, and make him self-controlled, 
Yeah, yeah, it's just not hard. But get used to different people. Someone here today, I just believe it in my heart. You needed to hear this. Are you ready for different? Are you ready to obey? Josiah read for us this morning in prayer, and I, I, some, God just uses this young man to bring scripture forward, but he was talking about the, the interaction between Samuel and Saul, and that Saul had partially agree, uh, obeyed God with the killing of the Amalekites, but not completely. And God said, what did God say? To obey is better than sacrifice. Finish that for me. Do you remember? You go, look at it. Look it up, buddy. Read it. I, want, I want you to read that. And, 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 and obedience, listen to me, obedience comes from the Spirit. You don't obey to get saved. You obey because you are saved. I, I don't want you to be fake. I don't want you to live hidden. And some of us are. Because we're outside, I'm a Christian. But behind the scenes, we're doing all kinds of stuff that's not lifting up the Lord, amen? I don't want you to live fake. This is no condemnation. There is, no, there is therefore no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. But this is conviction. And I think it's a day of conviction for some of us. You guys, I live under this stuff for hours during the week. You just get an hour of it. It is incredibly challenging for me to preach this message up here because I also at times struggle in my life with obeying my Lord. And there are things that I know that he's showed me this week. This, you haven't done this yet. You know, well, yeah. Okay, you ready, buddy? With a loud voice. Stand with me as we end this time together. Let us pray. Father in heaven, uh, in a passage like this, as the Apostle Paul is, is taking what he's taught up to this point and now transitioning into that life of the Spirit, and the new way that Jesus told us about in John 14, 15, and 16, and what Lord was only seen in the Old Testament uh, for specific reasons and specific calls, and then it was taken away again. And even in, the, in, in King Saul, when the Spirit of God was taken from him, an evil spirit was replaced. Lord, I, I just my heart is just, is just hearing uh, that there are some who are living their life right now that still under that old regime that is bringing forth rebellion and, 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 and bringing forth uh, things that they shouldn't be doing. And, and, and they know it. They know it. But, Lord, they're doing it because they don't know how to handle the pain. 
They don't know where to go with it. And so, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, in this room, that there just be a spirit of salvation over it, that, Father, the spirit of the new husband will just reign over top of us. Uh, there's no condemnation in here. He isn't looking down on anybody uh, with, with eyes that are peering. He, his eyes are full of grace and mercy. And he so loved that he gave his own, his own life for us. I pray that, Father, that today that there may, be, there may be deaths in this room, deaths to the old self, death to, uh, to which is not of you, the, the things that have been producing a fruit of death, that, Lord, there'll be uh, hearts that are moved to say, I no longer want my life to be led into the path of death, but into the path of life with Jesus Christ. I pray that, Father, that, uh, that you will bring tr total transformation, that, Lord, maybe someone in here has even gone to church all their life, but they realize that it's just been the structure, and, and it's just been, I got to do this, and then it's done, and then we're on to the next thing. That, Father, it will be a new freshness of, of life from the Holy Spirit to say, it's about people. It's not about projects. It's about the hearts and souls of people. And that, Father, each and every one of our lives will be lives that will produce fruit of holiness. That as we go out, that, Father, your holiness is so much a part of our life that people at work are drawn inside. I don't get how you're not reacting to this garbage. I don't get how you just have a peace that I don't get. But that, Father, that, that we get the opportunity to, to, to share with them who Jesus is. I pray that, Father, that, that you will just continue um, in our lives and, and just be that new path of the Holy Spirit. That, Father, getting used to different becomes old passe because our life is different every day because it's your agenda and not our own. It's your direction and not our own. It's your chosen path before the foundations of the earth and not our own. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. Thank you for being here amongst us. Thank you for speaking to me and to each one in this room. May I obey you because your spirit is the path of my life. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen.